Digital Gonzo, episode 126, dated Thursday the 4th of April 2013, The Sound of Gonzo, volume 7. Hello and welcome once again to another skydive into the ocean of music that flips our collective switches. With me I have Mr. Daniel Floyd, the voice of extra credits, and today for the first but definitely not the last time we've picked a selection of video game music. Once again we're looking off the path of the usual tracks that you've heard a thousand times and at some of the more niche titles you might not have experienced yet. Hello Daniel. Hello there. Right, so the first track, we wanted to get something that would get everyone lively and sort of you know, wake them up in the morning. So if you want to introduce this one. Yeah, my uh, first track that I picked is from uh, Little Big Planet. It's a track that was actually licensed for the game. I think it was written a few years before. It's one of this the is... only ones on this list which is not du- directly designed for the game. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a track that everyone probably associates most closely with Little Big Planet. Like if they think the first bit of music that probably goes to there comes to mind. Because it was in all the early trailers when uh, they were first showing it off. And uh, I really like the Little Big Planet soundtracks just because of how eclectic mixed they are in terms of genre and instrumentation. Like it sounds like a composer was brought into a room and sat down and somebody dumped a pile of random instruments on the floor and just said, come up with something. <laughs> just like the instruments from around the world, just lots of different random samples. But uh, it is kind of conceptually perfect for the game, though. Just yeah, like, here a are a bunch of tools. Yeah. Come up with like a, just a hodgepodge tools and uh, textures. Come up with something cool. A scrapbook and, uh, of sound. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I think this actually fits that pretty perfectly. This is Get It Together by the Go Team.
So my one is a game that I constantly tell people that they should play, 007 Bloodstone. And I think I actually played a little bit of this music when we were doing the uh, full Bond discussion, but it never got into the Sound of Gonzo Bond episode, even though I really wanted it to be there. It's by Richard Jack, who actually has written a bunch of music for various different games, including some music for the original Mass Effect. This... Sounds like it could be in one of the Daniel Craig Bonds. It it's, totally does. It's got this kind of energetic, kind of pulse-pounding Jason Bourne type thing. But at the same time, there's a sort of a jazzy, just to remind you that it's definitely Bond still. So, uh, And this actually takes place at the very, very beginning of the game, just after you've cleared out a, a private yacht of goons. Uh, the bad guy gets away in a speedboat, you jump into another speedboat and chase him. And so, if you can imagine while listening to this, jumping over ramps in slow motion, shooting guys out of boats, and then a helicopter firing a minigun at you whilst things topple around you, it's a totally on-rails corridor section, but it, it gives the illusion that there's some sense of freedom. But uh, I actually have a, a huge soft spot for Bloodstone, and I really wish that Activision would drop the FPS Bond model and go back to when it was this one time when Bond was actually really good in video games post GoldenEye 64.
next one to bring the energy down just a little bit is from actually a pretty new game called The Unfinished Swan, which is, I think, only on PlayStation right now. Yeah. And this is the title theme, more or less, an arrangement of it. It really captures this experience of awe and wonder. It feels a lot like that game company's output with, like, Flower and Journey. It's a very short game. You can probably finish it in a sitting if you have a few hours to put aside. I sat and watched Sharon play it in entirety while Matt was over a few weeks ago. It is just beautiful. It's yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack is one of its strongest points. It's very much about discovery and exploration, kind of through a kid's mind and eye. There's a feeling of danger for a few points, but for the most part, it's just kind of childlike wonder, just seeing this world, experimenting with some different, really interesting mechanics. And I think this music just perfectly captures that mm. feeling of playing through a storybook. To that end, so it's just, very Minecrafty as well. Actually, yeah, not that you mention it. Uh, yeah. Just buy this game and sit on the title menu for a little while and just let this music wash over you and then play the game because it is also good. This next one is from Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I have not finished. I'm only about halfway through. And I kept leaving off because I I think I just felt dissatisfied with the choices I'd made in terms of upgrades. Whenever I complain about not enough games being made where you can avoid just butchering people, I always think of this game and feel guilty. (laughs) It's like... I so want to put my money where my mouth is and actually play this thing, but all I remember is blundering around the place and getting into firefights even though I didn't want to. Yeah, I really like this choice of yours. It was one that I had not even considered when I was putting my list together, but as Mm. soon as I saw that you'd put it forth, I was like, oh yeah, that was really good. And it's the super brooding main menu theme.
Yours is the next one. Yes, my next one is from Beyond Good and Evil, which has an awesome soundtrack overall, composed by Christoph Arauf. He was hired for his background in film, I believe. General story is you're kind of a uh, photographer trying to find evidence to overthrow a corrupt government. Picture taking the heroin jade and leaving your home island on a hovercraft, crossing water to reach the city on the mainland. It is just really breathtaking because despite all the hard times the world is going through, the water and the view is just gorgeous. And there's not much to threaten you out there either. It's only when you dock in the city and or some other objective that things are going to get intense or action-packed again. But when you're on the water, you're safe and you get a moment to just pause and take in the serene beauty of this world that hasn't been totally ruined yet. So this is from the game Beyond Good and Evil, Home Sweet Home. So this next one is actually not from a game I've played. I actually heard it first on Dork Tunes, which is the show that inspired this one, uh, where they talk about video game music and play it much in the same vein as we are right now. It's from Child of Eden, and the reason I haven't played it is because I now don't have a Kinect. 
and I've been told it's so much better with Kinect. Can you just play this with a joypad? Yes, I actually did. It works just fine. It actually plays just like Res. Uh, this yes. is Starline, the Stratos remix. It's not actually what you will hear in the game, but uh, it's by um, Genki Rockets. Whether you like this kind of game or not, or this kind of music or not, I actually found myself totally hooked on this piece of music while listening to Dork Tunes. And I came home and straight away found it so that I could listen to it again. So I just wanted to, A, pimp Dork Tunes and get you guys to go out and listen to that. Because that opens up whole new worlds of of gaming music to actually listen to it. And B, I also wanted to uh, just put this piece on right now so that I could pass on this feeling to you folks at home. So this is uh, Starline, the Stratus remix from Child of Eden.
my next one is from The Blob. The track is by John Guscott, who did the soundtrack to both The Blob games. These are some of my favorite game soundtracks ever. Like, the De Blob games are essentially about you leading a revolution of color against a fascist regime, but, like, kid-friendly. So, have you played either of these? I have not. The story goes, basically, the world has been overrun by the inked, which are like little black ink blobs and helmets who sap the color out of everything. Mm -hmm. And so you are this blob of color who can soak up color in your body and splash it on everything you touch. So... You're basically leading this color revolution by charging into occupied cities and coloring them, which frees the citizens within. So, and the soundtrack like reflects this whole theme by being really super upbeat and vibrant and lively. Yeah. It's got it's got everything from funk, which is like this track is going to be, to like bossa nova, to reggae, disco, salsa, any style that seems to be just bursting with lively energy. Yeah. The game also actually does a couple of really cool things with the way it implements the music too. Like um, when you first enter a city where everything's still all kind of black and white and gray the music is very stripped down to just a few basic simple elements like a light drum beat or a simple bass line as you start coloring more of the place and livening it up the music picks up more and more filling out and by the end it's just bursting with life and energy it feels like a party and uh on top of that the game associates different paint colors with different instruments so say you're currently splashing green paint everywhere your actions are going to be accompanied by drum fills and a louder drum track and then if you start painting red it might emphasize brass or guitar or whatever that level calls for so actually like resin shard of eden ties in with directly what you're doing yeah it's like you have a pretty big impact on what the movie the music is doing at any given time so and these soundtracks are like pure musical caffeine like it is really hard to listen through them and not move to the beat just a little bit in your computer chair so if you're ever needing like a pick-me-up you could do like two expressos or you could just listen to a few of these tracks probably and get a similar effect but anyway this particular track is from the blob one and it's called splashback
online again, and it's another fun cartoonish kiddie type one. It's Plants vs. Zombies. Now, this obviously is a game millions of people have played, but I, I wasn't going to leave it out of this show just because loads of people have played it. Just I kind of want to uh, showcase the music because... I suppose the music doesn't really get as much uh, recognition as the actual core, compelling gameplay. It's the mini-games piece, so this would be conveyor belt full of various plants to roll at the zombies for a few uh, minutes at a time, just to divert you from the, 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 um, the main game, just as a palate cleanser. The soundtrack puts the sort of the plinky-plunky, bouncy, fun um, sounds of the garden at war with the sort of the brooding sort of B-movie style um, rumblings of the zombies themselves. So listen carefully for the actual combination of different musical themes that sort of at play at this one. So this is Minigames by Laura Shigihara. very fine point while we're listening to that which is that you don't tend to listen to the music of Plants vs. Zombies because you're doing it on your phone and I guarantee that that's actually the case with a lot of people so uh, I can tell you guys right now put your headphones on listen to the music while playing Plants vs. Zombies it completely and utterly keeps the pace with what you're doing and it, it lends it a, a fun but frantic air I will be doing that from now on that was really cute absolutely right, in fact this kind of makes me want to get my iPad out and play it while talking to you <laughs> <laughs> that is unprofessional. Right, okay, so yours is the next one. Okay, my next one. JRPGs. Yeah, that's, I tried to limit, upon Alex's request, the amount of JRPGs I was putting in here. Fervent request, fervent request. But here's one that got in anyway. Uh, this one is from Disgaea 2, uh, which was on the PlayStation 2. Um, the track is by Tenpei Sato, who did all of the Disgaea soundtracks. The Disgaea games, if you haven't played them, are a series of tactical JRPGs most known for their sense of humor and their absurdly high stat caps. Like, the ultimate level cap is, like, 9,999. Like, you can beat the game at, like, around level 40, 50, 60, but 
that you have barely scratched the surface of the content within that game. You can go to 9,999, and a lot of people do. And the stories are all really pretty goofy. They all take place in the netherworld, and you're, it's a cast of little demon anti-heroes usually who are just being kind of jerks. I think they they're kind of play around with the tropes of JRPG stories a lot. But anyway, the soundtracks for all these games are really super catchy. Uh, this particular one I picked as a battle theme from early in uh, Disgaea 2, not long after you finished the tutorial. And it's got this great energetic kind of soaring J rock and roll sound, and it really got me revved up to play the rest of the game all the way through. So so this is Spread Your Wings from Disgaea 2. And I'd just like to say, I didn't say I don't like JRPGs. <laughs> just that they should be less than 75% of your choices. All right, fair. Fair enough. Let's go. This next one is another Dork Tunes-inspired piece. This was actually on, I think, in the same show which Starline was on. It's from another game that I haven't played, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And uh, it's called either Grunty's Challenge or Grappling Gruntilda. It's imagine kind of like if Danny Elfman did a souped-up version of the Teddy Bear's Picnic. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose something from Banjo-Kazooie, because all of the Banjo-Kazooie franchise soundtracks are, have been some of the catchiest things ever. And yes, as you said earlier, I, I also wish that Rare would get off Xbox avatars and start making games again. Really great ones. Thank you. 
I, I love another Banjo Kazooie game or another Viva Pinata. Okay, we can dream. Anyway, that may, yeah. maybe Microsoft will have done with them and leave them by the side of the road. We don't know. <laughs> 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 On that note, uh, the next one is yours. Yes, uh, my next one was from a game called Near, which was okay. Like it had a lot of great ideas and didn't quite come together in execution, but. Despite that, it has maybe one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever heard a game have. There's a really wide variety of sounds and styles used, but almost all of the music in Nier employs voice in some way, either um, solar performers or like a chorus. And it's a really melancholy game, and the entire soundtrack is kind of reflects that. I think the composers were aiming for basically a feeling of sadness in every track, even big, energetic battle themes. But this particular song is called Song of the Ancients, Devola. This particular version is played in the main character's home village pretty early in the game. One of the coolest parts is that there's it's actually a character sitting in the town square with a guitar playing this song. And she's sitting there just playing and singing. If you go up and talk to her, the vocal part of the track actually drops out and she like turns to face you and there's the little dialogue thing that happens. And she's still plucking away at the notes on her guitar. But when you're done talking, she will go back to singing. A voice track will come back on. And it's such a tiny little detail, but it adds a ton to the atmosphere. It, it makes this really beautiful song, not just a really pretty tune that's in the soundtrack accompanying the game, but like an actual song that exists in the world, which really like adds to the place's sense of culture. And the fact that this really beautiful, vaguely sad-sounding music is coming from the people inside this world really drives that melancholy home even more. There's so much about this game that was kind of swing and a miss like they had a lot of great ideas that i still haven't seen another game try yet that just didn't quite work out but the soundtrack is probably the one element of this game that perfectly worked all the way through i don't know if i'd recommend trying the game but i definitely recommend looking at the soundtrack and giving it a listen so this track specifically is called song of the ancients developer <laughs>
Right, complete tone change now for something far more brooding with the dangerous taste of what it's like to be a mercenary in Africa. It's Far Cry 2. And now having completed Far Cry 3 and it's sort of, you know, fading into the background after months and actually playing to- the similarly themed Tomb Raider fairly soon afterwards, kind of thinking now Far Cry 2 was better. Which is weird because almost everything about Far Cry 2 was improved and everything I said, if only they did this, this and this about Far Cry 2, it would have been fixed. They did that. It was fixed. And yet... I, I don't know if I can really recommend Far Cry 2 to anyone anymore, but um, while playing through it, I actually was completely and utterly compelled by it. So yeah, this is the main theme, and you'll actually hear this playing a lot whenever you um, jump into a uh, Jeep. I suppose it, it sort of plays into my, my sense memory of feeling of being isolated out in the middle of the jungle, you know, desperately trying to repair my Jeep while there's three guys wandering around the brush looking for me so that I can maybe get away from them. Far Cry 3, just... Fast travel. Get out of there. Easy. No problem. So so no sense of danger, no sense of real world. I don't know why. I tried not to use fast travel, but sometimes I was in a hurry. So maybe that was it. <laughs> maybe sometimes completely opening up a game and fixing all the issues that make people complain about it actually also makes it kind of bland. <laughs> Yours is the next one. 
Yes, my next one is from Borderlands 2, actually, a late addition to the list. Uh, this The soundtrack is by Chris Velasco and Sasha DeKissian. I'm not even going to, sorry. <laughs> DeKissian. <laughs> DeKissian. Th- or DeKissian. DeKissian. Sasha DeKissian. A late edition. <laughs> it wasn't actually a soundtrack that I paid a lot of notice to while I was playing the game, but uh, in listening to some tracks from it later... Some of them really jumped out and grabbed me. This particular one is very percussion heavy. It's almost entirely percussion and bass. It's very rhythmic, pounding battle music. It's got a really nice, unique vibe about it. It makes me think of, um, actually the sort of thing that Harry Gregson Williams would put in one of the Metal Gear Solid games mm. at a really intense battle moment. Very heavily produced, uh, electronic stuff, but it's got a really nice sound to it. So yeah, thought I'd add it in. What's that? I, I always forget. It's not breakbeat. What's it called? The other music uh, style where they basically just go. I think you're referring to dubstep. I would not refer. <laughs> I would not refer to this as dubstep. I would refer to this as just electronic, Listeners, maybe with a bit of glitch mist in. You tell us if there's elements of dubstep in this, specifically towards the, the end of the track. There, there is modulation on some of the bass and other elements, but oh, that modulation itself, okay. that does not itself dubstep make. Okay. okay so this is from Borderlands 2 it is Hyperion Sasha Dickensia
Right. And in terms of games nobody's played, this is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? This is actually kind of rare. It is World of Warcraft. Now stop. Wait. It's World of Warcraft, but it's the Burning Crusade, which is the first expansion pack. Now, that means if you're currently playing World of Warcraft, you won't be able to listen to this because this is the title music, the title screen. So it's now gone through, like, one, two, three iterations since then. You had Lich King, you've had um, Cataclysm, and you've had Missa Pandaria. So basically, this is now a lost track you cannot hear unless you find this soundtrack, the second installment uh, by Russell Brower. It's iterative on the very first World of Warcraft theme, but there's sort of more epic to it. Big, pounding, huge, epic adventure. This is probably the time I was playing Warcraft the most, so it has some of the, you know, the, the most memories for me. If you've never played World of Warcraft before, you'll probably be familiar with this type of music, and it's probably not going to make you want to play it. If you have played World of Warcraft before and are now retired, I apologize because this is going to make you want to go back to it. Uh, my theory right now is that if I play Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning with the Warcraft soundtrack on, that'll give me my fix. That'll be like the methadone. This is probably the best version of the title screen World of Warcraft music that they made. I mean, they've all been great, but I think this is like the definitive, most successful, exciting one. Mm. It's got more going on than the very first one. Yeah, at least at first. Like, the first one was a little more, you're right, like uh, bare bones and light. This one was very full and bombastic and exciting. And it's the got other more ones, choral stuff going on, yeah. And the other ones since then have had that bombastic, exciting bit, but it's like two minutes in. Like, there's a softer, it's more kind of mellow mm. uh, choral thing going on. And then if you stay on the menu, it will build to a bigger bombastic thing. But... uh. This one was just excitement right out the gate. I think it was the most successful one. It's also music that you have to listen to when your server crashes and you are desperately trying to get back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I probably realized I probably ended up listening to this more than any other track in the entire game. Not out of choice.
let's stop talking about Warcraft less I reinstall it. Yours is okay. the next one. All right, my next one is from a game for the PlayStation 3 called Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, one of the, the only reasons I kind of wish I still had the PlayStation 3 and mine didn't break because I never got a chance to play this one. I would not have expected it because it's a really strange game, but it has probably been one of my favorite games on the PS3. Mm. Uh, the soundtrack was by Hitoshi Sakamoto, who... Um, You've probably heard his stuff from Final Fantasy Tactics or Final Fantasy XII or Odin Sphere. He, he's done a lot of great orchestral-sounding uh, soundtracks for Japanese games. Valkyria Chronicles is a really strange game. Like It takes place in a fantasy anime world, but the setting is very clearly an alternate universe World War II. Hmm. And Where Hitler technology- is a woman. Sort of, yeah. And their technology and weaponry are pretty much World War II era with a few significant exceptions. The landmass these fake countries exist on looks very much like Europe. It's all really weird, but it kind of worked. It's got this awesome watercolor shading look that uh, is some of the best cell shading that I have ever seen. And and the battle system is really pretty awesome, too. It's very reminiscent of XCOM, actually. Mm. Uh, That's how I described it to Sharon. It is. It's like JRPG XCOM, or Mm. Japanese XCOM, and it's it's a blast. Uh, It turned out to be one of my favorite PS3 games. This track is the game's main theme, uh, orchestral, a lot of strong military influences, most notably the prominent snare drums. Uh, You were telling me it sounds like it could be used for the soundtrack to any JRPG, and I would would add, or any war documentary, which pretty makes it a perfect fit for this particular game. Yeah, it's definitely got a military bent with the drums in there as well.
Right, this next one, again, might get the label of too obvious, and uh, plenty of people have played this game, plenty of people haven't played this game, and a lot of people will have heard this piece of music, but it is so wonderful and evocative that I can't not include it. It's Bastion, and of course it's Build That Wall, Zia's theme. I think this one piece of music has lived with me and had an impact on me more than the rest of the game. The aspect of the narration and this song uh, are so strong in my mind whenever I think of Bastion. How best to put it? You described it as folk music, didn't you? Yeah, it's, it sounds like um, kind of a soulful song. from like, It's something from kind of the Old West. Maybe had a slight gospel religious root somewhere or just faint influences, but yeah, very much feels like something someone would be singing out kind of in the West somewhere. So This, this is, is one of the best soundtracks to come out of the game industry in a few years. So. It absolutely is. This is by no means the only fantastic track on it. Talk to that one. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, that's um, that's a really, really effective piece of music. Okay, right, you talk because I'm I'm breathless. It's the kind of music you don't 
hear in games yeah, very often no, too. It's yeah. just uh, just that love- along with Red Dead, it's just very unique. Yeah. You don't expect. I, I love the sort of the, the, the squeak of the guitar strings you can hear while she's uh, she's playing through that. that yeah, the fret slide. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. During slow guitar music, that's one of my favorite sounds. Uh, my next one is from Xenosaga 2, which I actually don't really like as a game. And, Despite um, the fact that it's a JRPG? I don't like all JRPGs. They just got some good music. Totally this true. one this one is actually noteworthy because Xenosaga 2 has the most schizophrenic soundtrack I have ever heard released. It was composed by two different artists who never met at any point. One of them was Yuki Kaijiura, who did this particular track. There's um, done a lot of uh, anime and other game soundtracks before. It's very talented. The other stuff, the stuff for the gameplay music, was made by another guy, Shinji Hosoe, and his stuff is awful. Like their styles don't even come <laughs> close to matching. I, like, it, like so they don't somewhat come- mismatched. Incredibly mismatched. Like her work is this beautiful orchestral, uh, ethnic in some places, just lovely space fantasy opera kind of uh stuff and his art like i'm gonna look up actually something for you to hear okay like it's a nice comparison track his is actually, more like dexy's midnight runners yeah <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just like little cheap midi-ish sounding repetitive it's just obnoxious and it's the music that you have to spend most of the game with so you'll be you'll be listening to this you'll be seeing a cutscene with this beautiful orchestral cutscene music and then you'll go into Toa and I have her battle with some of the most grating, repetitive stuff you've ever heard. It's I've never heard a collaborative soundtrack where the two artists were so where it was so obvious it was two different people and where they were so blatantly mismatched. But as long as you're listening to Kazuyura's stuff, it is lovely. Send me some of this awful stuff now. So st- okay. I- yeah. Isn't it awful? <laughs> it is. It like, sounds like bad Dreamcast music. And it is so incredibly jarring to go back and forth between those. This particular track um, is actually the title screen music. Again, we've, we've had a lot of title screen music yeah. today. Because that, that's the first chance for a game to really make its impact on you. And if, if that music is memorable, uh, maybe yeah. they're just that they, they think that the, whoever the composer is thinks to themselves, right, how am I going to grab them by the Jaffas? And this, it totally works. Like, this game creates an amazing opening impression with its title menu that the game then completely fails to deliver on. Oh, wow. But, um, the... But, but, but like, Xenosaga one of those ones that everyone loves? Is it just who doesn't like it? Xenogears ah, on the PlayStation it, yeah. 1 was a classic. And Xenosaga, like, it had its... Definitely had its moments. Right. The second one, I'd, I'd say, is definitely is the weakest of the three. So it had a lot of problems. Kind of like, yeah. It's weird. I actually started with Metal Gear Solid 2, and like, so that having started at like the low point, it was still like pretty awesome to me, and then yeah, this yeah. got better and better from there. But I think if I played it second, I would have. There are some great meta moments in MGS2, gotta say. It, it was mind blowing for me, not knowing at all what I was getting into. Xenogears. Yes. There's a camera panning across an empty starship bridge, and it's all gleaming white. It's really nice looking. And then you get this soft droning Celtic music starting to play. It's just wonderfully vaguely mysterious sci-fi atmosphere Mm. and if you don't hurry up and just click new game like you're rewarded 30 seconds in with this beautiful female chorus that comes on top of it it's just an incredible opening impression Mm. of this game that 
you wish the rest of the game <laughs> reflected. I don't like this game very much at all, but the menu music is some of the most effective I've ever heard. This is the menu music to Xenosaga 2, and it's called In the Beginning. I don't totally hate the Xenosaga series. Like, I play through all of them, and they do have some really cool elements to them. It's just executions kind of hit and miss. It's kind of it's one of those games where um, the first Xenogears had like a lot of religious applicability and like um, very kind of religiously charged. And the second one was kind of trying to do the same thing, but it started feeling like a um, almost like a Mad Lib where they were just using names from. <laughs> scripture or various other religions just to fill it. All right, what are we going to call this thing? There was no uh, thought behind it. It just seemed random. Or it really, yeah, it really okay. just feel like random. Like every time they needed a person, place, or thing, they would just like flip open <laughs> some scripture. I don't know, Zachariah, and he lives in Babel. Exactly. There you go. So this next one from one of my all-time favorite games of this generation, and it was a much maligned, and uh, you know, there was a lot of anticipation for it. So when it came out, and everyone was like, oh, it's kind of God of Warish. It's all right. Heavenly Sword, one yeah. of the, the most wonderful uh, pieces of female-on-female characterization that I've ever seen in a video game. Noriko and Kai are stuck in my head now uh, and on this pedestal of exactly how you show a uh, powerful, intense relationship between two females. best way of describing it is more like an elegant female Conan. The, the core game itself is, is just your sort of God of War-style brawler, but it has performance capture for the cutscenes and the voice talent and the performances on show this piece of music fuses sort of asian uh, strings and these sort of almost like indian kind of you know yeah i guess it's a kind of percussion like yeah. a kind of 
chime. There's, there's, there's chimes in there as well. So it, it sounds like it could apply to uh, something like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or like House of Flying Daggers. And it has that sense of tragedy of the, the whole sort of epic story unfolding. The game starts with the uh, heroine dying. So right away, they instill the gravity of what her burden is, what her task is from the very beginning so that you realise what's at stake. If you have a PS3, for the love of God, play it and play it all the way through to the end because this is a story that you need to uh, to watch. And if you Definitely. can't be bothered or you don't have a PS3, there's got to be some assembled movies on YouTube so you can basically get the meat of the story itself. It's absolutely wonderful. And uh, this is the main title music by Nitan Sawney.
forgot to mention Andy Serkis, who is absolutely on fire in that game. Oh yeah, Bohan is is uh, completely over the top, but so memorable as a villain. It seemed like um, Stephen Burkoff, who is a classically trained theatre actor from Britain, was trying to outdo him with Flying Fox. Like a rotting octopus. And arguably succeeded. Yes. <laughs> you can't do better than the line, she wants to sink her poison fans into my sacred genitals. <laughs> just, just for the amount of, where have you got that from? <laughs> How many games do you really get, like, over the top? theatrical acting it's nice just for a change of pace Any honestly Kojima game. <laughs> okay <laughs> granted but not like in a theatrical almost shakespearean sense of just yeah yeah it's a very unique acting style that games haven't seen yet so. yeah and uh, combining that with performance capture really is something that could be uh, done I, I want to see more performance capture in games we accept it more than in films because Much more. Know, in films, it's like, well, why not just do this live action? I don't get it. Yeah. You know, either do it stylized animation or live action. What you're trying to have here is the best of both worlds, and it's not working, and my brain's saying no. Yeah, no, in games, it's perfect, because it's, yeah. yeah, it's ideal. In games, ultimately, it's just a really, really good version of the cutscenes and motion capture we've been yeah. used to for years. Yeah, it's just motion capture with taking to a next step. I, I don't, I think you'll see a lot more performance capture. Bloody hell. Basically, by default, just, uh, I think it's a bit more expensive and a bit more like you need the resources and the studio and everything to pull it off. But it requires a lot more pre planning, too. But, uh. I've never seen a performance capture game or, or film, frankly, where I was like, oh, if only this was done a different way. I've, I've always yeah. adored that aspect of it, just for being able to capture little nuances. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Speaking of the. E- polar opposite of performance capture. <laughs> yes. My next one is from the game Res, which is very similar in uh, gameplay style to uh, Child of Eden, but a different, uh, yeah. kind of a different musical sound, different visual look. This track is by Adam Freeland and it's called Fear. It's from the last level of the, uh, of the game. And uh, the whole game is basically... Like, you are a hacker navigating a digital space, attempting to thwart some AI who's taken over the system and is throwing all sorts of viruses and firewalls up to stop you. And you are, so you're kind of flying through this abstract visual, sort of Tron like, sort of not space. And, um. Lawn Mower Man is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's probably closer to that. Or possibly Lawn Mower Man 2 beyond cyberspace. <laughs> it is very abstract looking for sure. And, uh, the really cool thing about it was that the music was very closely tied, again, to what you're doing, kind of the same way uh, The Blob and Child of Eden work. Uh, it's The music starts out very bare bones, very simple, just probably just one drum, kind of maintaining a constant beat. And every shot you fire on this kind of on-rails shooter style at enemies is delayed or... Yeah, is delayed long enough to sync up with a specific beat. So every enemy you take out gets taken out in rhythm on beat and adds a slight musical splash flair to what's being played. And as you get further and further into the level, the everything ramps up and gets more filled out and fleshed out. It's mm. very effective. It's a, and it's a, a lot of fun. And the controller vibration is always kind of pounding along with the rhythm. It's the game is trying to capture a feeling of synesthesia. of just like feeling the sights and seeing the sounds and just mixing all of your senses up. It had some pretty great music in there. This track, Fear, I think is probably the my favorite of the lot. 
Uh, this is a uh, an edit of it, though, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, it's a short. The let it, the level itself is at least ten minutes long. It might be closer to like twenty or twenty five. It's it's a long level. We didn't want to subject you to the entirety of it. No, you, you've been with us. You've been sitting patiently with us long enough today. But um, <laughs> it might but, drive folks to a, if they have not heard it before to go out and, and obtain this soundtrack for themselves. Uh, if yeah, you and, have heard it before, you probably already have it. So and you, yeah, and you can play. Uh, they remade an HD version of Res on Xbox Live Arcade. If you haven't had the chance to experience it yet, which I highly recommend. But it's uh, like eight hundred yeah. points still. Yeah. Okay. And at least you can play it now because it, it was like a Dreamcast game that just disappeared with the Dreamcast. So it's good having it back. Anyway, yeah. So this is a nice five-minute edit of the track "Fear" from Res. <laughs>
The last one is from Silent Hill Homecoming, which has the Spurious Accolade of being my favourite Silent Hill game. Um, no, that's not true, actually. Silent Hill 2. My second favourite Silent Hill game. Mechanically speaking, it's the one which is more action-based because you play an ex-soldier. And the combat's actually... You're quite capable of uh, killing the various things that try and bite your leg off. But... It didn't have the emotional impact of Silent Hill 2, and it didn't mess with your head in that dreamlike vanilla sky way anywhere near as much as, or Jacob's Ladder more than vanilla sky, uh, than Silent Hill 2, because by that stage, I'd kind of worked out what Silent Hill is supposed to be. Uh, but uh. this song is One More Soul to the Call, uh, by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, and it is unabashedly Evanescent style emo rock type stuff. Silent Hill could actually do with one really, really good film directed by someone professional like David Lynch or David Cronenberg. Yeah. Because it has that format. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the game format. Specifically, I actually find them genuinely unpleasant to play. Mm. It's oppressive to the point of um, just putting the joypad down and going, yeah, that'll, that'll do for me. So this is the one we're going to finish on. I'd like to say before we go, thank you very, very much to Daniel Floyd for coming on and doing this. The time has flown by. Absolutely my pleasure. I can talk video game music forever. So (laughs) We will definitely be doing more of these with video game music in mind in the future. Okay. Excellent. So that's all from us. And uh, everyone listening by now will know what Extra Credits is. So uh, uh, do you want to give us a, a quick preview of what might be coming up in the next few weeks? It's actually uh, appropriate. We're finishing on a horror game here. We're going to be talking about The Walking Dead a lot for like three weeks straight. Brilliant. The new uh, Telltale Adventure game. One of my favorite games of all time. One of mine too now. Okay. So this is Silent Hill Homecoming, One More Soul to the Call, performed by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. And we will see you next week.
man as a special treat. Uh, actually, what's the opposite of treat? As a special punishment, this is maybe, maybe the worst video game music of all time. It is from a game on the Sega Master System called Transbot. An incredibly repetitive, side-scrolling, R-type style. I, I struggle to say bullet hell. It's it's more like bullet purgatory. Shooter made all the more monotonous by its looping, plinky-plunky, never-ending soundtrack. But yeah, anyway, this particular track... Right, now, is- can, I, can I just send you something in between while we're trading terrible music? Oh, yes, please do. Uh, actually, no, you know what? I'll, I'll send it to you with gameplay, just so you can really put this in uh, in perspective, shall we? Transbot! Never even heard of it. You've got to watch it for like three minutes to really get a feeling of how f***ing repetitive it is. There's some really bad sound and music in general already. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> this was not a good... Wait, so this is like one of the first games you ever played? Yep. That is a... I'm surprised it's I still play games. impression, <laughs> yes. Right, and now repeat Ooh, the loop. Boy. Basically, you get to transform. You transform from a spaceship into a slightly different spaceship, into a robot that also fires lasers, but it's basically just a slightly... Taller version of a spaceship. This was nine ninety nine. The other day, I, I almost bought Dishonored for the same price. <laughs> oh gosh. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I gotta stop. No, no, don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. You've got to uh, understand uh, this. Oh no, 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 the scenery's changed. <laughs> it's the same music. <laughs> it, just, it just goes on forever. And it's, there's no layers to it. There's like, okay, there's like one high and one low kind of bass part, but. I know this is annoying, but basically, uh, what's it like? It's like performance art. It just keeps going on and on and on. It's trying to make a statement on, on the ludicrousness and the pointlessness of video games. Oh, he's changed his weapon. It's now a, what is it? What is it? It's a rocket. Oh. <laughs> it's not, it's, it, is it? It's functioning the exact same. Pretty much. Yeah. There's some guys who made some incredible sounding music with this technology. And here the loop starts again. Uh. It just basically here's the other thing. It just went on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, is there even a pause between levels, or is it just changing? I think it just goes back to whatever that first level was. That sort of that. Ye- oh, with yellow puke. There you go, we're back. Oh, there, okay, puke. yeah. The, the only way I can describe that as is puke. Oh, no, oh, no, yeah. a boss. Oh, shit, yeah, a bo- No, he went... Oh, the music changed! What? And now you're better. inside, because you went down the thing. The music cuts out every time you shoot. Uh, jump forwards to five minutes. Five... Click... Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, how old are you? Ah, uh, 29. 29, okay. So you're only three years younger than me. Yeah. You pretty much skip shit like this. I, I played plenty of shit myself, but... This might be the worst game ever made. This is... 
I'm sure I could find worse games ever made too, but like this, I was lucky enough to never have to actually experience. <laughs> Such a stupid-looking robot. <laughs> it's not even aerodynamic. No, it's not. It's... And it starts again. <laughs> okay, now stop. Okay, now, now you get it. Okay. Man, okay. <laughs>